Quickly to Wall. Wall yeah. measures. Deal. Gets open for three. Dagger! Hey guys, welcome to the Locked On Wizards podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Troy Halliburton. And join with me in person in uh, this great podcast studio, uh, Becca Winker. How are you doing today? Hey, guys. Um, you may have known me from this podcast before, but I'm excited to come on as a guest and let Troy do his thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, <laughs> Becca was so gracious enough to uh, allow me to take over as the host of Locked On Wizards podcast. And uh, our goal is to, you know, always, you know, kind of give a peek behind the curtain of different things that are going on within the Wizards organization. So taking our uh, media passes and giving, you know, the fans access to some of the, you know, ins and outs of things that are going on down at Capital One Arena. The 411. The 411. Exactly. Exactly. Trying to clue y'all in. Yeah. So the thing is, we're we're like kind of catching up. And so we haven't really had a chance to talk about some of the things that are going on uh, with the Wizards in the offseason they've had. I guess we have to start with uh, the breaking news from last week uh, that Tommy Shepard was officially named the team's uh, general manager after, uh, you know, a a four month uh, GM search. Uh, I would say that, you know, it it, it was kind of uh, an interesting process how the uh, GM search went. You know, uh, Teleonsis ended up uh, firing Ernie Grunfeld on April 2nd. And, you know, he went out and hired a consulting firm that who was supposed to come in and help him. You know, kind of uh, you know, seep through the process of trying to figure out who was going to be the next GM. There were a lot of rumors surrounding uh, Masai Ujiri possibly coming in. Uh, they even brought in Tim Connolly from Denver. They brought him in for an interview. Heard they gave him a lowball offer, which he declined. And, you know, at the end of the day, they ended up giving Tommy Shepard the uh, general manager job. And I don't think that, you know, they that he fell into it. I feel like he actually kind of earned the role with some of the moves he made this offseason. So what, what, what are your first impressions of uh, how Tommy handled the interim uh, job from April until last week? And did you think that uh, he was the right man for the job? Um, well, I mean, there's always someone more qualified for the job, right? But <laughs> honestly, I think that if Ted hired that agency to kind of help him narrow, you know, the candidates and they ended up with Tommy, he must be, you know, doing the right things. And I think from an outsider perspective, he is, you know, he's doing a lot of things that Ernie, the, I don't know if I should say that word, that's like a curse word for a lot of fans. Um, <laughs> he's doing a lot of things that, Ernie was not doing. And I think a lot of his first moves, you know, signing Thomas Bryant and getting rid of Dwight Howard, picking up CJ Miles, thing things that um we haven't really done before. 
yeah, he's I been mean, doing. Well, one of the biggest things that uh, they haven't been doing before is acquiring second round draft picks. Mm-hmm. Whereas before, under the Ernie Grunfeld era, you know, they were always shipping out picks to bring in washed up players. And <laughs> <laughs> now, you know, we're 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 doing the exact opposite. We're shipping out our washed up players and, and bringing we're in getting draft in picks. assets. Exactly, exactly. So I feel like it's really kind of. Um, you know, kind of a night and day approach to uh, how the organization is going to be run. And I'm willing to give uh, Tommy Shepard the benefit of the doubt, despite, you know, him working under Ernie Grunfeld for uh, 16 years. You know, I think that, you know, I I think everybody has a job and it's like, you don't really go into your boss's office and tell him like, nah, you're doing it wrong. That's not how jobs work. Although you'd like to. I'm sure a lot of people (laughs) would like to. (laughs) But at the end of the day, you know, he was a good soldier. He was kind of following in line with, you know, what, uh, you know, uh, Ernie wanted to do. So but now that Ernie's gone, like you can see that he's already taken a different approach. So I'm I'm excited to see, you know, uh, the new vision, the outside of the box thinking that he could bring uh, to the Wizards organization. But I think that uh, we, we have to talk about that he wasn't the only hire that the Wizards made. Um, they also brought in uh, what they call monumental basketball now. So they brought in a whole new staff of people. Yeah, and then John Thompson III, the uh, former coach of the Georgetown Hoyas, who's coming in, and he's going to be uh, doing player development. And Dr. Daniel Medina, who uh, used to be with the Philadelphia 76ers, who's going to be coming in and helping the franchise uh, expand their sports science research. So uh, how do you feel about, you know, Ted bringing it, not only hiring Tommy Shepard as the general manager, but also providing him with a, you know, a a full support staff of uh, people, you know, resources, throwing a lot more manpower at the Wizards front office? I like it. I think obviously, you know, there's not, first of all, I want to backtrack a little bit. And, you know, when they permanently made Tommy Shepard the GM, the Fans were kind of mad because, and some of us were mad because we wanted to have a clean slate, you know, like start from scratch, like forget anybody who is associated should be gone. But um, it's clear that Tommy has his own thought process and his own ways of doing things. And also years of damage from having poor management, it's going to take a while to recover. He's not just going to come in here and make a couple moves and everything's going to be good again and we're going to compete in the Eastern Conference Finals. It's just not going to happen like that. Um, Brown is a good hire. You know, he did great things with Cleveland. Um, A lot of fans are a little confused because they think that because he tweeted one time that he, maybe in an interview he said he didn't watch basketball, that it was a poor decision. But we had talked earlier and you said that he wasn't going to be doing more like basketball thing. He's more working with the management side. And he does that have that experience. So in all, I'm excited to see all these new hires and there's been coaching staff changes and, you know. (laughs) Yeah. So let's talk about the coaching staff changes. Um, uh, So a part of the job for Tommy Shepard as the general manager is kind of, you know, managing uh, everything with the team. So you have Scott Brooks, who is the head coach. But uh, underneath Scott Brooks, you have his assistant coaching staff. So they've been going out and kind of, you know, switching some things around. You had uh, Ryan Richmond, who was an assistant coach last year with the Wizards, who will now be taken over as the head coach of the Capital City Go-Go. And the Capital City Go-Go coach from last year, Jarrell Christian, will now be taking Ryan Richmond's place as an assistant coach on the Wizards uh, bench. So I think that that was a... uh, a switch that will probably be beneficial for the team 
uh, Ryan Richmond is a is a great guy, and but last year was his first year as uh, as an assistant coach, and so uh, I, I feel like you know it, it might have been a, a bit much for him to you know kind of be you know kind of thrust into that position uh, at, at such a uh, early. Uh, at such an early part of his career, right? But uh, whereas Jarrell, uh, he came over from uh, Oklahoma City, so Scott Brooks was familiar with him from there. Uh, he worked with the Oklahoma City Blue. He was an assistant coach there. Uh, then he was the head coach of the GoGo last year, and I thought that he handled himself in a very uh, professional manner as the uh, coach of the GoGo during their inaugural season. Uh, you know, they they didn't make the uh, G League playoffs, but he did a great job of. Uh, developing some of the younger talent. Uh, Troy Brown spent a lot of time playing with the Go-Go last year. Uh, Chasen Randall and uh, Chris Chioza were both uh, Capital City Go-Go players who ended up getting full NBA contracts based on their time with the Go-Go. So as far as his track record as a, a player development and you know having, having, having his guys get better, I think that uh, Jarrell Christian uh, was, a, was a great hire. And uh, also the team brought in uh, Michael uh, Longobardi, from uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers, he was an assistant coach for the uh, 2016 uh, NBA champion Cavaliers. What's his specialty? Uh, he's a defensive coach. I so, think that's something that we could have around, don't you think? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that uh, when we're talking about a guy who who will bring in a uh, a defensive mentality, I think that you know we're, we're talking about the Wizards, who were one of the worst defensive teams in the NBA last season. You know, I think that you know that's this is something that clearly had to be addressed. So um, I think that more more so than talking about the assistants, uh, where where are you at on uh, Scott Brooks and his tenure as the the Wizards head coach? Well, um, I think the first year that he came in, he did a lot of great things, and I think they had a amazing season I mean given the circumstances people were remaining healthy and the roster it, it worked unfortunately for him these past few years he haven't he hasn't had the best of luck with the rosters the players their injuries but I don't think he has been the best at holding players accountable for things such as defense which is why I'm all for you know Lombardi coming in and seeing what he could do with them but I I'm not too big on Scott Brooks' work in D.C. so far. I mean, it, it sucks because I feel like the first season he was here, it was amazing, but then something changed, you know? Yeah, I, I'd say uh, the first season, uh, I mean, the, the guy he took over after uh, Randy Whitman was pretty much run out of town. <laughs> and, you know, so anybody who takes over after they run run the previous guy out of town, you know, he's going to have that, you know, that at least that one year grace period where, you know, every, all the fans are going to love him and what he does. And that just so happened to be the most successful Wizards basketball season in the last 40 years. They won 49 games. Um, they made it to the Eastern Conference semifinals. They played in a game seven versus the Boston Celtics. But I think that when you start looking at the the chink in uh, uh, Scott Brooks's armor is the fact that when it comes to the X's and O's like of the basketball like games, he's not really the best in-game coach. And so when you look at some of the things that like even when they were at their highest point during that season, 
uh, you know, he made a lot of questionable coaching decisions that probably ultimately uh, cost them that series versus Boston and cost them a chance to make it to the conference finals. So I think that he has to have some culpability when it comes to the uh, Wizards' lack of success over the last uh, two seasons. And I think that when we look at one of the things that you did mention is that, you know, the roster construction hasn't really been, you know, that strong. Uh, and also injuries have played a major role in what's going on with the organization. You have, you know, John Wall who missed a lot of last season and then he ended up tearing his Achilles uh, after he was already out for the season. Um, so, you know, that, I mean, you, you, when you have a super max player, you know, getting ready to be making $40 million a year and he's not even playing, you know, that, that kind of hampers what Scott Brooks can do as a coach. But, you know, sometimes you got to work with what you got. And I feel like, you know, he really hasn't shown over the last two seasons that, you know, he's capable of, uh, making the best out of a bad situation. So I guess now that Tommy is, in office, like he's the president, in office, um, <laughs> it's going to like, you know, it's going to be a trial period for Brooks to see how he handles this situation. Um, but I do think this season, I don't have high expectations for this season, but I do believe that, you know, with Isaiah Thomas and CJ when he's healthy, you know, th- a lot of these guys on this team have things to prove and I think they want to. Um, go for it. So, and uh, the fact that you mentioned CJ when he's healthy, um, when that, he's that's healthy, a, that, that's a perfect segue, and we'll talk about that right after the break. But first, I want to let you guys know that uh, support of Locked On Wizards comes from Manscaped, who is number one in men's below the belt grooming. You may have seen them on Shark Take. Manscaping offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Get twenty percent off and free shipping with the code Locked On at Manscaped.com. That's 20% at manscaped.com with promo code locked on. So, yeah, back to uh, the CJ Miles uh, news. So, I think that this is like uh, hashtag so wizards. This is one of the things that happens with the wizards. They go out and they make a, a free agent acquisition or they make a trade for a player and he comes in. And then before training camp even starts, he's getting surgery and he's going to be out. So it started It started going back to uh, Allen Anderson four years ago. He came in, then he got hurt, and he barely played. I think he might have played like less than 20 games for the one season that he was a wizard. Then the next year, they signed uh, Yamahimi to a four-year, $64 million contract. And then he ended up uh, getting hurt before the season even started. Uh, Dwight Howard, uh, last season... He came in, uh, and then all of a sudden, the man told us that he got uh, hurt on the his he hurt his back on a plane ride to China, and he ended up playing nine games as a wizard last season, and nobody knew about his injury until literally media day last year. And so now this year, in a uh, like I said, in a, in a hashtag so wizards fashion, you know, we bring in CJ Miles, who's supposed to be the uh, new shooter for the team, but then we find out that he has a, a stress fracture in his foot. And that he has surgery uh, literally the day after he signs his contract. So it's like, I don't know. It's like the Wizards are almost cursed. But not even that they're cursed. It's like, do they give these guys physicals before they bring them in? Like, I don't know. Well, if but it keeps happen- happening over and over, you start to think, is this a coincidence? Or is this how they're handling their recruiting process? Or, you know, it- it's just not good that we keep doing this it's not fun you know like 
it looks good on paper when you sign Dwight Howard, Superman, and then all of a sudden he hurts his butt and like is out for like the whole season. So allegedly, 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 allegedly. <laughs> had to so, throw that in there. Yeah, we <laughs> we have to say that. But um, you, you know these all these moves. It seems like they're good pickups, but what are they? What information do they gather before they sign? these players and what type of physicals do they go through i mean isaiah thomas we knew his injury history and yeah but he seems to be actually coming he into seems the season to be good. healthy yeah so, so let's like knock on wood like fingers crossed like do all your superstitious stuff because we're gonna need him for sure i think it's fun and kind of like full circle how isaiah thomas is now on the team that he dropped 53 points on in the playoffs and ruined us so that <laughs> it, it's fun it's funny um i can't make fun of him on twitter anymore because he's on the wizards now exactly exactly but you know what you can uh, look him in his eye and tell him that you're now a fan since you guys are the same height so <laughs> actually <laughs> he's taller than me okay. I, I think he's five five seven he, five, I, I wanna, nine? I wanna, i'm gonna give him probably like a solid five seven so he's still got like a good five inches on me, which yeah, is crazy. What, I know, but it's crazy though. So I got a chance to actually stand next to Isaiah Thomas. And like, I was like even just more impressed at like how somebody at his size can like play in the he's NBA. He's so athletic. Exactly. Like, you know, so, like he's actually kind of like a freak of nature to be able to do what he does at that size. So, you know, I'm excited to have him on the team. I'm excited to, you know, uh, see if he can, you know, uh, be a redemption story and, you know, hopefully turn this thing around. I don't. I know that he's probably never going to end up being that, you know, uh, near 30-point-a-game scorer like he was in Boston. But, I mean, if he can come in and, you know, play off the bench and give them, you know, 15 to 17 points a night. We'll take it. Yeah, we'll, we will take it. This is this is the old adage, uh, beggars cannot be choosers. I think right. that this uh, perfectly applies. We are no applies. position. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> But yeah, I want I wanted to finish up uh, talking about one of the uh, bigger uh, Wizards news stories that has been going on over the last week, and that's the talk around uh, Bradley Bill's uh, contract extension talks with the team. So uh, Tommy Shepard uh, made it as a point of emphasis that uh, one of his first acts as the team's uh, official general manager would be to offer Bradley Bill a three-year, $111 million contract extension, uh, which I believe he was eligible for on July 26th. That uh, was last Friday. So mm-hmm. the team, uh, the, the offer went out. That That's official, can confirm that. And um, really, at the end of the day, I don't think that Bill is going to take the offer. So I don't either. And... I wouldn't blame him if he didn't, because since he's gotten here, you know, Beal wants to win. Like, he is a competitor, and he wants to, um, he is loyal to DC. Uh, However, I don't know if this is going to be the place where he flourishes and gets, like, into the playoffs. Like, you know, gets somewhere. Yeah. I think, I mean, Beal is a loyal guy, and I think that he probably wants to stay. He wants to be in DC, all things considered. But, I mean, he's also not a dummy either. Like, he yeah, wants to he's win. he's very smart. Exactly. So, you know, if he wants to be able to use this as a trial period for himself to be able to test out the Wizards and see what it is that they're going to do. So, you know, he's under contract for two more seasons. So that's two years for the Wizards to be able to 
kind of prove to him that, you know, that he would actually want to stay here. Right. And so when we compare uh, a player that played the same exact position, uh, CJ McCollum uh, from the Portland Trailblazers just signed a very similar extension where he was he had two years left on his deal and they gave him a three year extension. He's, his was three years, one hundred million dollars. And he took the money. So I think that when we look at the uh, there's the a landscape, huge difference. Exactly, huge difference. First of all, there's a huge difference. There's a, a gap between the talent between Bradley Bill and C.J. McCollum. Absolutely. And, and I think that you know that I saw a lot of people on Twitter yesterday, you know, talking about well, you know, C.J. did this and C.J. did that. No, Bradley Bill scored twenty five, five and five last season. Like, there's only a select uh, full of guards in NBA history that who've been able to put that. together those type of seasons. So, like, I mean, Bill is clearly on a his trajectory. He's already he's a year younger than uh, CJ McCollum. Uh, I mean, his trajectory is just a lot higher than what I feel like CJ McCollum uh, could possibly be. And so, if for him to sign that, for CJ to sign his extension, you know, he also plays on a team that was in the Western Conference Finals last year. So he kind of knows, you know, what he's signing, what he's signing up for, and what he's getting himself into. He's comfortable in Portland, and he wants to play with Damian Lillard, and they have a, a good relationship. So, you know, he knows like that they're going to be able to compete in the Western Conference going forward. Whereas Bradley Bill, he has no idea what the Wizards are going What's to look going like next on. year. Exactly, he has it, it no idea changes. where they're heading. So, I mean, it's just completely different. So, if you were Bill, what what would you do in this situation? Well, first, let's just say with CJ, Lillard just signed his Supermax. So, he knows that if he signs with Portland, he's going to be in good in a good shape because he's going to be playing with him. Bill, like you said, it's kind of shooting in the dark. Um, I will say this. If he does choose that contract, uh, the Wizards will have Wall and Beal until... 2023 and you know that is a lot of money to be paying both those players but I understand why Tommy Shepard does want to make Beal a priority and hopefully they can both stay healthy but there's no rush for Beal to sign this contract exactly and it doesn't mean anything if he doesn't it doesn't mean he's leaving and going to Miami I'm talking about all you crazy people on Twitter who keeps saying he's going to Miami? Unless Troy knows something I don't know. <laughs> no, but, I don't think he's. I don't think that Miami thing is going to happen. But uh, it, it's just very interesting to see like how uh, rumors kind of get circulated amongst. And like, they're NBA so Twitter. disrespectful. Some of them, like we were involved with the New York trade, and it, it was just. Yeah, it was not. When you see these uh, people, like put the trade machine down. Yes. You're not. You're not a GM. These ideas that you guys come up with, uh, they they probably need a lot more work. And, uh, you know, just, just, just stop trying to come up with fake trades, lowballing the Wizards, trying to steal Bradley Bill from us. It's We're already not, in a bad position. Happen. Stop trying to take advantage of that. It's not right. <laughs> it's not right, and it's, it's not fair. Um, but I wouldn't be concerned if Beal didn't sign this. If, he, and if he's smart, he won't sign it right away because yeah, I it, think he needs to wait and see if this is Exactly. It's it's literally just good business for him to kind of wait. So, I mean, he can sign the same contract extension next summer for even more money, or he could possibly uh, play out the season and try to make all NBA, which would make him eligible for a Supermax contract. So uh, then he could, you know, get the same thing that John Wall makes. So, I mean, you know, who who, who wouldn't want to make uh, $40 million a year in Wall's case for not having to do anything next season? 
<laughs> but, that hurts. That hurts my Yeah, it, it hurts head. my heart to, ha- yeah. to to say that. But you know what though? But I, that's the reality. It, I mean, it, it's the reality of the situation. But I, I definitely want to also take this time right now to shout out to John Wall because even though he won't be on the court next season, uh he still does a lot within the community. And he also has his uh, his uh, annual book pack drive coming up this Saturday, mm-hmm. which I will be in attendance. So I'll be out there and and watch John. He comes out there. I think he's give, he said he's giving out uh, six thousand uh, backpacks and school supplies to uh, to kids within the uh, DMV area and also uh, his hometown of Raleigh, North Carolina. So you know when we look at Wall and you know what he wasn't able to do on the court, let's let's also he's beyond the basketball court. Exactly. He does a lot of things for the DMV community that um, a lot of athletes wouldn't do. Like he goes above and beyond, and I think that really needs to be recognized. Exactly. So you know whether or not he's able to get back to an All Star player on the court, he will always be an All Star player in the community. Mm-hmm. So you know he's a, he's a DC Hall of Famer through and through. So uh, I'm, I'm sure we'll have plenty of time to uh, to talk about Wall next season and whether he plays or not. And we'll be able to talk about Bill and, you know, his chase to make all NBA and have the Wizards hopefully win some games. Uh, the Wizards, I mean, they they, they, they have a, a long road ahead of them, but I'm, I'm excited to uh, be on this journey and see how everything plays out next season. Me too. I'm I'm excited because it seems like things are being rewired and I... I always have a good feeling about it until it happens, but I have a good feeling about this one. All so. right. As long if Becca has a good feeling about it, then you know I feel like you're probably one of the most uh, positive and optimistic. I try to be people. positive, but it's it's hard, man. It's hard being a Wizards fan. Yeah, I completely <laughs> understand. I completely understand. Well, Becca, I, I greatly appreciate you coming on. I know you you've got to get out of here and and make some moves, but oh, I no. appreciate you taking time out of your uh, busy day to come down here and record in person. Uh, also want to give you this opportunity to go ahead and plug your stuff, plug your work, and let the people know where they can find you. Well, I always say on this podcast, if you don't know where to find me, then I can't help you by this point, I feel like. But if you really don't, it's at Becca MVP on Twitter. I have taken over Wizards Extra with my friend Bryna. If you want to uh, follow Wizards Extra, you can do at Wizards X-T-R-A. And... Um, Stick with us this season. We'll have some great events. Troy's in, you know, got some stuff in his back pocket. Things are going to be fun. So um, we're excited. Hope you're excited too. Yeah, always got to have some back stuff in the pocket. So, always you know, trying try to put on for the culture. So you know, the, I, I like 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 we were talking about before uh, we started. You know, we want this to be you know, the podcast for the people. We want to put out good content for the people. So. You know, this is uh, this is I'm I'm, I'm excited. We love you guys. Exactly. Exactly. So, Becca, uh, thanks for coming on. again. Thank you. Anytime. (laughs)